Welcome to Optimizing, the podcast about leading Africa's digital future. I'm Professor Barry Golatsky. And I'm Karen Gandhi. In season two, we set out to collect stories and advice from a group of interesting people who I've encountered on my life's journey. While they're all very different, they also have some things in common, apart from being my friends and acquaintances. They are all leaders who have played and continue to play some part in the digital economy in South Africa, Africa or the world. They are also all people who have touched the lives of others in various ways. In our conversations, we use the metaphor of life as a relay race. We ask them to talk about how they received the baton. We also ask them to talk about the baton or batons that they would pass on to the next generation of leaders. Through these conversations, I was joined by Karen Gammy, who is a young digital professional at the start of her journey. She represents the generation of future leaders who will receive the baton from the people we've interviewed. Karen joins me today as we reflect on the 12 conversations that made up season two of our podcast. Karen, uh, let's start by talking a bit about our 12 guests, each of them. Uh, we started with uh, Professor Chilitsi Marwala. He's currently the Vice-Chancellor at UJ, University of Johannesburg. He's also a world expert in AI and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Then we had Kent Beck, the inventor of extreme programming and one of the signatories of the very important Agile Manifesto. He was followed by Mteta Nyati, who is currently the chief executive of Altron and wrote the best-selling book, Betting on a Darkie. We then had Mark Harris, who is one of the veterans of our local digital economy. He has been the head of IBM South Africa and Cochiso Media. Our fifth guest was Tim Jenkins, who is a political and social activist. Part of his story is told in the recent movie, Escape from Pretoria. We then had Peter de Villiers, and he's a founder of one of our most successful tech startups called Clickertel. He and his co-founders invented the technology that 20 years ago linked the world of mobile phones to the World Wide Web. Our next guest um, after Peter was Monica Singer, who digitized the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, and she's now driving the adoption of blockchain. Goliswa Matlangu is a tech educator who's working hard to bring young people, particularly young women, into the digital economy. And then we had Cliff DeWitt, who, who worked as an executive at Microsoft South Africa, where he helped to nurture and support thousands of tech startups and, and also train tens of thousands of software developers. Cliff is now working on his own tech startup. We then had Nomso Kana, a young cancer survivor, nuclear scientist, and entrepreneur who is working to set up a company that will produce fiber optic cables in South Africa. Then moving on, we had Sifiso Tekunjana in his early 30s and is one of the new generation of economists working to understand the development of future digital economies. He is a chief economist at IQ Business, South Africa's largest independent management consulting company. And our last, which was guest number 12, was Tiani Ngunyama, who is the 2019 IT Personality of the Year. He is the co-founder of the organization Geek Culture. 
she also gave Professor Barry Dolatsky Grand Geek as the title, and thus inspired him to start a series of podcasts. Great. Uh, we've uh, clearly had some, some great conversations, and I've been thinking about them all, and I wonder what you think we learnt about their, their, their common origins and background. Uh, what did we notice as common themes in their, in their life stories? Yeah, I think for me, for sure, the common denominator across all 12 guests was just this like innate sense of curiosity, almost like this, this profound childlike curiosity, which I sort of see in myself too. And I thought that was really interesting and compelling. Yeah, it was really something important. So they, they kind of really all spoke about being so curious. Our first guest, um, Chilitsi Marwala, spoke quite engagingly about his childhood in rural Venda, where he watched his grandmother make clay pots, and she taught him to be curious and to ask questions about the materials that she used and the processes that she followed. Uh, we also spoke about his father, who was a maths teacher, who would bring home maths textbooks, which Chilitsi read and learned from. Um, some of the other guests as well had parents who were school teachers. That was an interesting common theme. A lot of our guests were children of school teachers. Some Teto Nyati, Kolisa Matangu, and Norm Sorkana all had parents who were teachers. And their teacher parents encouraged them to be curious. That's absolutely true. And I think that's also like a really beautiful observation that like parents can inspire this deep sense of like curated mm. curiosity. Um, I know some of our other guests or, or close family members also sort of encourage them to get involved in learning about technology. So Kent Beck's father is an example, who was an engineer at Silicon Valley in its very early days. Um, Peter de Villiers as well. His father was a businessman and entrepreneur uh, who brought Peter uh, a very early iteration of Apple Max computers. We also had Cliff Tevet, who had an uncle who taught him about electronics. A curiosity... Um kind of really featured in in uh, people's life stories as well, like, for example, Mark Harris, who was working in an insurance company, and then he became involved in installing his first computer. He decided to learn more about computers, having seen this first computer. And in years, in, in the, the years that followed, he landed up as the head of IBM in South Africa. And um, Tim Jenkins, for example, turned his curiosity about how apartheid South Africa worked. Mm -hmm. He went overseas when he finished school after living in this protected white bubble that white South mm -hmm. Africans did. And um, he um, found out about what really was happening in South Africa. And this mm -hmm. led to a lifelong pursuit for social, political and economic justice which in Tim's case was coupled with this amazing ability to teach himself about technology and to innovate in unique ways. And then Monica, Monica Singer, uh, turned her curiosity about how to build trust and eliminate corruption in financial and economic systems into groundbreaking work, which she did at the, at the Joburg Stock Exchange. And then in her current a passion as an ambassador for blockchain. 
um, is actually quite incredible to just to think about sort of like the cross kind of like collaborative efforts that that various thinkings have brought about. I know Sifiso Sikodana is one one such example who was driven by this curiosity about like economic systems. Then we also had like Tiani Gunyama who who really loved science fiction and I guess his curiosity was was fueled by that and and how to to understand the ways in which to make these like fantasy worlds real worlds in South Africa and in African context. And uh, but it was important as well, and I, I kind of noticed this that apart from curiosity, uh, the guests also had something else in common, and they all have this incredible energy and drive in uh, doing something with their um, curiosity. So it's one thing to be curious, but what do you do with that uh, curiosity? And um, it's true to say, I think, that all our guests uh, used that curiosity to move forward. So some went into formal education where they did very well. Um, others uh, went off on specific paths to achieve amazing things driven by this curiosity. That's a really good point. And I guess another compelling theme that sort of came up in many of these conversations is, is this conversation around like mentorship and Peter de Villiers said that you know it's, it's about the journey and not the destination it's about the it's about the people that you encounter on that journey that really matters which is really you know succinct and profound um I, a lot of the people that we spoke to also discussed you know sort of their relationships about the with their mentors and and their role models um, Teto Nyati has been mentored throughout his life and now mentors others. He spoke about how he sees mentorship uh, and the process and how he decides who to mentor. In his book, Betting on Adaki, um, you know, this, this was about offering mentorship to a much larger group of people. And it's quite interesting to note as well that um, some of our guests refer to each other, so it proves mm. what a small community we live in. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But uh, some of them had mentored each other. So, for example, Mark Harris had mentored Nteta Nyati when mm. Nteta was a young engineer at IBM. And then Nteta, when he was head of Microsoft, went on to mentor Cliff DeWitt. Um, and then um, some of them also kind of see each other's role models. So Tiani sees both Nteta and, and myself as, as role models for him. So it's it's kind of interesting how these networks work and how people help each other. Uh, did you have any exactly. other thoughts about mentorship? Look, I think I think that that sort of framing of it, this like ecosystem of like you you know you are mentored and then you mentor again and 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 just sort of comes mm -hmm. full circle. I think that's that's incredible and that's exactly sort of the energy that that we need, especially in tech. You know, especially when we're dealing with like you know technical debt. Like it's it's really important to have people to to look to and and to guide you and stuff like that. And I think Ntes also spoke about being really sort of intentional about what it is that one wants out of mentorship uh, mm. when when one is on, on the receiving end, but also when one is mentoring. And I think that's something that is often kind of taken for granted, especially especially when you're young. It's just like, oh, I just need to find a mentor, right? Mm. But no, it's like, what are you actually trying to get out of it? What is the long-term vision of this? So I guess that's probably one of my, my other reflections on, on the mentorship conversation is the intentionality that it requires. Yeah, and I... I, I, I kind of heard what Mteta um, said about 
how he chooses who he'll mentor. And mm. he says if he sees the person as wanting to come to him just to to uh, get a job or get some business, he won't mentor them. He mm. really expects them to to come with a vision of them, with with uh, their own vision that he'll help them implement. But it's not yeah. a, a sort of way to just leverage off him. But he he helps guide. It was mm. interesting. So um, the uh, whole metaphor of this uh, season was one around passing the baton. So we asked people about the baton they picked up. But most importantly, we tried to set things up in each conversation as them, as the guest, uh, coming into the conversation with you and I, but um, in principle sort of um, sitting you down, you and your generation, and saying, Mm. future generation, here's my advice to you, here's the wisdom I'm going to pass on. And it's interesting that people passed on quite different things, but also very similar things. So I've sort of gone through all the conversations, and I'll just um, conceptually um, sit you and your peers down (laughs) and kind of tell you about what we learned from this uh, second season of optimizing. So, um, and and I'll sort of go through them uh, one at a time. So, uh, Chalitzi um, said to you, Karen, and your generation, be involved. Get involved mm. in local things. Like, for example, for you, get involved in the AI community. Yeah. He also encouraged you to be open-minded. And finally, he said you should read and read widely. And that was interesting. So it's it's not just reading the professional stuff or the work-related stuff, but read fiction, mm. read anything, because that broadens your world understanding. And then um, Kent had two lots of advice. He first had some quite technical advice for the the the, the techies in his in 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 your generation and your audience. And he spoke about how in the old days, and I remember these mm. old days, used to take ages to see the effect of changes mm. changes we made in in code. So he um, mentioned punch cards, which I spoke about in the first season. And he said that it has taken many years and a lot of smart people working really hard to reduce the time it takes to get feedback from a change you make to the work you're doing to um, see what effect that change will have. And we got that down to seconds, but he says, sadly, we've now squandered this gain. So yeah. he's encouraging young developers to find ways to to try and win back that time, to, to try to reduce build times and, and get to kind of seeing the effect of what you do really quickly. So that was one piece of technical advice he gave. But then more personally, he encouraged geeks not to be geeky. Uh, he said that that the geek world, the techies, shouldn't accept the stereotype that says, oh, well, I'm a geek and I don't communicate well. Mm. He said, uh, don't accept that. Geeks should make the most of themselves and not accept the least. He said, if the geeks get involved in impossible ethical issues, 
then uh, they can can make the world make the right decisions at the right time. And I think that sort of rang a big bell with you because that's really something that you've um, said quite a lot in our conversation. Um, And then uh, he said to people to to be the best that to try and be the best that they can to be a complete person. He um, uh, he spoke to you about music and he said, make music and do other stuff. Be a complete person. Um, he also uh, had a book suggestion, and I've looked up this book, and it is on my Christmas list. It's by um, Danello Meadows, and it's called Thinking in Systems. It looks really fascinating. And then he had a very special message to you, Karen. He said he wants your SoundCloud, because you told him you were learning music. So I just want to ask, have you sent it to him yet? Oh, holding me accountable. Yeah. Oh. No, I have not. I haven't even started the SoundCloud. But you know what? I'm going on leave pretty soon. So I think that's that's absolutely going to be my passion project. <laughs> that's it. And that's uh, that's to not be a geek and be the complete person. Have your own SoundCloud. So exactly. there you go. That was Ken's advice. And then uh, we kind of heard quite a profound words from Teta. Uh, where he said that here in South Africa, we are, and to quote him, blessed with problems. Uh, he said we should create solutions and and uh, new companies that take those uh, solutions to market. So, uh, you know, we should sort of rejoice in the problems we have because it gives us opportunities to do stuff and do new stuff. He uh, spoke as well about the need to do something useful with your life and to be Um, self-aware. He said that people should connect with who they are. And that was very uh, profound because he, he, he gave some examples of himself. So understand yourself and connect to that self. Don't try and be something you aren't. So that was really what Mteta said. Um, And then Mark, um, uh, um, encourage people not to be left behind. We mm. kind of know at this point that the future is going to be digital. And he said that that people should find a digital job. So, uh, so, so uh, don't simply say, I want to be a lawyer. You should aim to say, I'm going to be a lawyer who uses digital to do what I'll do in law. And he, he encouraged people and quite a few of our guests encourage people to start their own digital business, not to just account to count on having a job. Mm. So, um, Karen, have you uh, cur- um, um, currently um, started your own business or is that only going to come next year? Ooh, maybe next year, maybe next year, oh. but definitely getting involved in, in friends, sort of business pursuits and stuff. And that's, yeah, and that's a great thing. And we'll come to some more advice on that. But mm. um, it was also interesting that I think Mteta, it wasn't Teta, um, said, if, you, if you're not an entrepreneur, then it's fine not to be an entrepreneur. So he, he's yeah. been asked why he builds other people's businesses rather mm. than starts his own. And he said, because he's connected with himself. He knows what he does well. Exactly. So that was really good advice from him. And then um, 
Tim kind of threw in a different metaphor. So the uh, metaphor we've been using is passing the baton. And, um, but Tim, for obvious reasons, um, kind of said that he sees life as an escape from prison. And mm. he spoke about his experience in actually escaping from prison. And in the sort of metaphor prison, he said that we are in prisons in terms of our constraints we live in, either economic or, or social or, 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 or uh, geographical. So we, we kind of have these prisons. And he said that, that his life, his life metaphor is that we should keep the goal, which is freedom, escape from our prison, firmly in mind, and then tackle each obstacle one at a time. So he tackled a number of doors that he had to open. And yeah. he sees life as that, where we tackle each obstacle one at a time. And he made wooden keys to escape from Pretoria prison. And uh, he said, think of simple solutions and get things done. Uh, don't over plan, just find a simple way to do something and then get that done. So I think his metaphor of an escape from prison is very compelling and I really like that. Yeah. And then um, Peter uh, spoke to, um, to entrepreneurs and he said, uh, be authentic. So for those of you who do want to start, uh, um, kind of start your own business, it must be something that you really are passionate about. You can't fake it. So, uh, you know, he, he, he spoke about how difficult it is and how hard the journey is. Mm -hmm. And he said that he really, um, kind of would, uh, would encourage people to be authentic entrepreneurs, to have something yep. meaningful that they're trying to build. Um, and then he kind of made a really interesting point. He said that you are never too small or it's never too early in your life's journey to help others. And this he yep. said he learned in a conversation that he had with Bill Gates. And I think that's important because a lot of people see, oh, well, uh, let me first sort out my life and make a million and be famous and then I'll start helping others. And he said, no, at any point in your life, you should reach out and help other people. Yeah. So I think that was an important thing. And then he said something quite scary. He said that we should be brave and burn bridges. And that mm. sort of goes against my instinct where I, I keep the escape route open all the time. Yeah. So if things don't work, I can, I can backtrack. But he mm. encouraged people to do something different, to say, uh, you know, if you leave the bridges open, you aren't going to take risks. So burn bridges. So uh, tell me what you think about that. Is that something yeah. you could do or should do? You know what? And I think, I think it is actually a really interesting point because I think especially if, if one is trying to, I guess, center ethics and, and social sciences in, in AI work, you know, a lot of the a lot of the principles that that brings about is sometimes antithetical to to tech and tech culture. And so I think you you know, if you do want to prioritize the, the sort of humanity in, in tech, you are going to burn a few bridges. And I think one thing to sort of bear in mind is is the goal is to never not be scared. Right. But the goal is always to 
to be scared and like do it anyway. And and so I found that piece of advice to be deeply encouraging because, you know, it comes from someone who's, who's obviously been in the game a relatively long time uh, and and I guess has benefited from from burning bridges. So I found that to be like, yes, okay, <laughs> fight yeah. for the things that you really believe yeah. in. Yeah, I must admit it makes me feel nervous, but maybe that's <laughs> the whole point. And then um, we, we kind of heard quite wise advice also from uh, Monica who said, um, if you can dream it, you can do it, but understand mm -hmm. your physical limitations. So, yeah, yeah. and and the examples that she gave at some point in her life, she wanted to be an astronaut, and yes, mm. she could dream that, but she couldn't do it because she didn't have the physical attributes to be sure. an astronaut. So, you know, my dream was to play rugby for South Africa, but that was never really? going to happen. Not really, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but you get the point. You have to. Yep. You can have a dream, but you have to to take account of what is feasible. And then she said as well, don't talk too much. Um, should that uh, people should should art, ask questions, but let others find the answers. I think a lot of us are tempted to to both kind of ask questions and give answers. Agreed. And and what Monica said is, it's fine to ask the questions, but stop there. Don't give the answers. Let people puzzle it out themselves. And I think that was great advice. And then Trolli spoke about this uh, thing of, of of sort of not being afraid. She said everything, and she made up a great word, everything is figure-outable. And she um, said, uh, don't be afraid to try things. You won't break it. Just try it. And uh, her advice was to find people to help you and don't be afraid to speak up. She said for for sort of much of her, her younger life, uh, kind of there were things in her head that she wanted to say, that she wanted to contribute, but she was too afraid to kind of say it in case she didn't look smart or meet people's expectations. Mm -hmm. And she encourages, especially young people, not to be afraid to speak out and to speak their mind. So that's mm -hmm. great advice as well. Um, and then Cliff had, had a whole lot of great advice. He said, believe in your own abilities. Uh, we, we have demons inside our head that uh, tell us we aren't good enough. And that sort of really reflects what Foley said. Um, and then he said, uh, don't believe that your managers, your leaders, your seniors have all the answers. In many cases, you are more expert than them in the work you're doing. And uh, you you probably know more than your manager, or, and you definitely know more than your manager's manager. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, don't always ask for, don't always ask for permission. Um, and uh, don't accept the status quo. Question why things are done the way they're done, and don't just accept it. But then importantly, have humility. So if you do make it in some way or some aspect, uh, don't get all full of yourself. Remain humble mm. and acknowledge everyone in your team. He said everyone from the person who, who cleans the office to the, the person who maintains the infrastructure as part of the team and acknowledge them and accept that the team wouldn't work without them. 
And then a special thing is said to you is don't be impatient to you and your generation. Don't be impatient. Don't expect instant gratification. So accept that things take time and work towards it. And finally he said, do something that's worth doing. If you're going to devote energy to something, make it something that's worthy, that's worthwhile. Uh, did that kind of reflect quite well with you? Yeah, no, it was it was very uh, <laughs> very important advice. I, I I'm not a patient person, and yeah. I guess that is true for for the rest of my age mates. So I guess yeah, yeah, having him be like, hey, listen, <laughs> yeah. take a breath, yeah. be patient. Yeah, let things happen. And then um, Nomso, who's a fantastic person who, who really um, shared so much with us, and she listed her her advice as uh, um, telling people to be self-confident. Again, the thing Chloe raised and Cliff reinforced, uh, to, to believe in yourself uh, mm. and to be part of something that's bigger than you. Don't constrain yourself by your world but be part of the bigger world and what Nomso said is work on yourself to be assertive and confident which again is Goli's point and then um, Tim's point about um, having a goal and what Nomso said is have a plan and then have mentors and role models to help you achieve that plan so I think those are such wise words and then our last two guests, um, Safiso uh, said, I think tongue-in-cheek, but maybe not, he said, mm-hmm. become an economist. So he's mm-hmm. recruiting for the profession of economist. But I think what he meant by that is, like, really um, understand how the economy works and how yeah. this, because it plays such an important part in everything we do. And um, he Uh, kind of made a really profound point. He said the professional of the future should understand contribution rather than extraction. And that's uh, so important. I mean, people focus a lot on what they can get out, what they can make, how they can can grow themselves, but or sort of grow their pie, but not think about what they can contribute to the sort of bigger pie. So that was really wise words from Safisa. And then Tiani said to everyone listening, watch Star Wars. <laughs> and I think people should, because I think science fiction really helps us kind of imagine the future. And it's amazing to see how many of the, the fantasies in uh, science fiction over the ages have translated into the technology we see today. So um, Tiani said, look at what's around you, see the world as it is, and uh, see what you want to change. And then look for who in the ecosystem can help you change it. So look for help, but kind of look for opportunities. And he encouraged people to, to join the University of YouTube, which is Mm. such wise words, and I haven't told Vitz yet that they've got huge competition, <laughs> but um, this uh, University of YouTube, there's so much out there, you can learn so much. I've been uh, working on a website, and any time I need to know something, I look up, look up on YouTube or Google, 
I find videos and I learn how to do it. And I'm learning yeah. so much so quickly. But then uh, what uh, Tiani also said is stay focused. And uh, he said rather than training to do a thousand tricks once, train to do one trick a thousand times. So become a master of what you do. And I think that's so important. In, in this complex world, you have to specialize. And I think he really encouraged people to do that. So that was the, the collection of batons passed on to you. What do you think of this huge Christmas present you've been given by all these people who I was literally about could to say, help you? Yeah, what a yeah. gift. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know what, I guess it's interesting because obviously these are, these are all like intuitions, right? Like these are all things that, that make sense and, and hold up. But there is definitely something about like the, the weight of it that comes from, from relative experts and people who have been doing things a long time that just sort of gives it that, that particular kind of validity. And it just makes it really like encouraging, I guess. There's something about like tech and, and I know less about entrepreneurship, but I imagine the same is true. That can be quite like, lonely especially if you're trying to, to figure things out for yourself so i think all these these pieces of advice and and little gifts um has been really really important and just yeah really sort of affirming um i've i've been really happy to be on the receiving end of of these conversations and i'm sure a, a similar sentiment will reign true for yeah for i guess the audience i hope so so this really brings us to the end of season two of the optimizing podcast it's been 12 weeks, well now 13 weeks of mm. interesting discussions with really fascinating people. And I hope that the listeners to this podcast get value out of this. And I would really encourage people to do two things, to, to kind of share, to, um, to pass on um, information and links to these podcasts to people around them. But then also to to join the conversation so there's a companion website which we'll uh, give the link in a couple of minutes again but it's called thegrandgeeks.africa and and people can go on there and can find a companion page for each of these conversations and it's really um, a great opportunity to put your thoughts down in the comments section and to try and get a conversation going because i think that it's not a one-way um, path. It's 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 a two-way conversation, and really we've put things out there, but we'd like to hear back from listeners in terms of what they have got from these conversations. So um, season three will be coming in 2021. Look out for that. And Ooh. in the meantime, I want to thank you, Karen, for being such an amazing co-host. And also thanks to all our guests who have given of their time and their knowledge and wisdom. Mm. And I wish everyone well. And uh, please keep track of what's happening on the Optimizing Podcast. And we look forward to Season 3. Thank you. This podcast is a Grand Geeks production. It is produced by Professor Barry Dwalatsky and edited by Evan Wigdorowitz. It is presented by Professor Barry Dwalatsky and Karen Gammy. Music is done by Callum Cool and logo designed by Evan Wigdorowitz. The companion website is www.thegrandgeek.africa.